uh, look down upon these people that have come to um, study your word and just bless them for it and edify our conversation and um, help us to see um, what you're doing in the book of Isaiah. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, um, Isaiah, of course, you know, is one of the big, big prophets because he wrote a lot. But he, um, he actually uh, was of royal blood. He's actually the grandson of one of the kings that he prophesies under. And um, that's why I like him. He's really educated and well-connected. And he uh, married a prophetess. And um, I, what, what I'm going to talk about is not so much Isaiah himself, although I like him a lot, is that... Uh, there's this interesting numerical coincidence between the books of the Bible and the chapters of Isaiah. So maybe you didn't realize this, but there's as many books in the Bible as there are chapters, 66. And um, there's also a statistically significant number of phrases for each book to go over. And um, I'm a... I'm a big uh, data analysis geek, so you could easily entice me with some question about the Bible that has to do with, you know, figuring out this stuff. And I would definitely do it for you. But anyway, I did it for this. Um, now, we know that the chapters didn't come along till way later in the 1500s. And um, the, the book of Isaiah that Jesus pulled out or was given to him to read is uh, a bunch of parchments. Um, stitched together, and it's about 24 feet long. So just the fact that he was able to find his way in there. There's, no, there's not even any spaces between words. It's all kind of uh, a grid, a, a codex is what, is what the technical term for it is. But um, that's, uh, and thank God that's not true for us. We, we can actually read this stuff pretty easily. Anyway, um, so like I was saying, Isaiah has 66 chapters, and the Bible has 66 chapters. And interestingly, there's the two main divisions we care about correspond right to where the Old Testament stops with its 39 books, 39 chapters, and the New Testament starts with its 27 books, 27 chapters. And so um, uh, let me just, uh, so Steve and I were talking about this a little bit, and uh, there's like a tangible theological connections in all three directions. There's uh, looking backward, into the into a kind of a covenant theology, uh, the phrases that Isaiah uses match the phrases you can see in the Old Testament books, and um, he had a long ministry with a lot of kings, um, and uh, he um, shares a lot of prophetic themes with other prophets. So those match up with the uh, the books <coughs> the books in the middle. <coughs> And especially, it's, he really looks forward to uh, the coming of Christ and the salvation of all peoples and the extension of Israel, the expansion of the people of God into all nations. And this is clearly and starkly uh, presented in Isaiah. It's pretty radical. And it, it just, it's a new revelation of God, and that's how Isaiah pre uh, presents it. Um, so uh, I made this nice grid thing in, in Excel. Um, and uh, you can see up here on the top uh, going up, you can't read it very well, I'm sorry about that, but that's the, uh, the, that's, those are the books of the Bible. And those are the books that 
Um, in my EC data analysis, um, I found uh, phrases. Now, um, this is not this is not the strongest thing in the, in this book at all. But this is just a method for me to get through the whole book, and um, we're going to go through it like that. So um, the first section, the vision section, that's that's from Genesis to Second uh, Kings, um, is kind of a tort of betrayal. It's God laying out his 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 uh, a claim of uh, being betrayed by uh, Judah. It's the judgment of Judah. And then um, he, uh, Isaiah goes on in from 13 to 27. Um, yes? You in the front? Yeah. That's cool. Do you want you want some help going over that? Oh, you got it. All right. Hey, now I can even see it. That's great. Yeah. Um. um that section is called the burden sections, 13 to 27. And then um, this is where you start seeing in, in 28 to 35. You start seeing the whole earth being judged and fire and everything. And that actually um, corresponds to some of the more fiery of the prophets, Hosea, Joel, and Amos. Um, anyway, this is all happening to Isaiah and to the kings that he's prophesying under in, in, a, in the context of really horrible circumstances. They're, the, um, the, the northern kingdom has, has been deported, there's all kinds of um, attacks on Jerusalem itself from Assyria, and eventually Babylon um, actually deports them. Um, I, I don't really want to get into all the historical details because, um, well, it's not really important to me. But anyway, because I didn't study those very well, I'm not going to be able to just like banter back and forth about that very easily. The next section, um, um, after the historical interlude, um, 36 to 39, which um, I just talked about, and corresponds to Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi, their historical period is a little bit different than this historical period. So it's not, it's not I'm not saying that, I'm just saying the, uh, there's key phrases in those that I picked out. Finally, we get to the glory that will follow. And this is just, this is just a phenomenal uh, piece of work by anybody's standards. This is just, this, this, um, this um, the deliverance of God's people and the future of God's delivered people, which we are part of, is, is all in here. And it's all in the New Testament. It's all, it's all in, in, my, in my coincidental organization. It's all in there. And um, the New Testament itself is, just has dozens and dozens of references to Isaiah and concepts from Isaiah. And so, um, I, anyway, I just picked out a few, Romans, Galatians, Hebrews, and Revelation, because they match up to the chapters. Um, anyway. All right, so um, the, the first 10 chapters, uh, these, I don't know, I, I'm sorry you can't really see these. These are typical phrases from each book that 
correspond to, I mean, typical verses from each book that have phrases or that correspond to the, the chapter in Isaiah. And um, I don't have much time to go actually through all these. So I'm just going to um, show you I did the homework. <laughs> and then A+. plus. Let's just talk about uh, the, the first chapter, the, the, uh, the Torah betray uh, betrayal. This, this, you know this scripture pretty well. This is, uh, though your sins are like scarlet, they should be white as snow. And um, what do you think of this scripture, anybody? Right, right in the middle of the accusations of betrayal, yeah. Yeah, this is this is a this is so much more than a, than a court case against uh, um, Judah. They um, God God has a has a big agenda, and this is just the just this is in the first chapter. This is just the the uh, this the beginning of it, I guess we'd say. Um, I'm gonna try to go through these. And, all right, in uh, Isaiah two, there there's a. Uh, there's something that um, corresponds to um, Exodus very well. Um, it's this come, it's the mountain of the Lord um, scripture. Come let us go up to the mountain of the Lord that he may teach us his ways. Um, so any, any uh, thoughts on that scripture? Any questions? Yeah, this this is a real uh, important metaphor. This everybody on the planet, when they think of doing good, they think of going up. And when you um, when you um, make a plan to do to do uh, something that's right, you have to struggle. 
and that's what the, you know, in this case we're struggling against gravity anyway. So it's very, uh, a very central metaphor. It's, um, it's gonna make a, this scripture is, is pretty much speaks to everybody. That's all I guess I wanna say to that. All right, in um, Isaiah 3, there's a, um, a uh, similarity to um, uh, Leviticus in that in Leviticus they had, you know, they had some battles and stuff, but all right, so this is kind of weak. Um, your men shall fall by the sword and your mighty men in battle, and her gates shall lament and mourn. Empty she shall sit on the ground. Um, it's interesting that Israel, Israel's always a male. Of course, it's Israel, that's the person. But uh, the city of Jerusalem is, the, is a female. And um, she is, uh, anyway, she's, uh, she's pretty isolated. And that's what we see a lot in, in, uh, in uh, the first few chapters of Isaiah. Any comments about that? Yeah, that was actually um, drawn based on um, Isaiah 3. I can't remember the context, but yeah, a lot of people are, are fallen. Um, let's go to uh, 4. Therefore, as the tongue of fire devours the stubble, and the dry, as the dry grass sinks down in the flame, um, there there is a lot of uh, description like that. What what's going on is your the peoples are getting so unrighteous that they're they're getting highly politicized and they're getting very superficial and. Um, what happens when somebody when you don't have the foundation anymore is is it's easy to uh, have a catastrophe completely destroy you. And um, of course, um, Isaiah seven, uh, very important scripture for um, uh, you know a, a very important sign for Christians. Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you the sign. He's arguing with. Um, Hezekiah, well, in this context, Hezekiah has been told to ask for uh, ask for sign, and he's like deferring. And um, Isaiah gets a little impatient with him, and comes up with his own sign. Or God comes up with his own sign. Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Um, a lot of uh, prophecies, this, this is actually, this um, lines up with Judges, and in Judges you have a lot of uh, prophesies like uh, this, you will conceive a son, and they actually name the son. So this is pretty common. Um, phrase. All right, in, in Isaiah 10, there's a prophecy about returning, and um, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of going there's a lot going on between Assyria and Jerusalem in this in, in, in this, and um, 
they're, you know, they're very afraid of, of the Syrians and um, they're doing all this politicking with Egypt and things like that. And Isaiah is, uh, Isaiah is focusing them and redirecting them. No, this is what's going to happen and you're not to be afraid. And um, this phrase right here, thus saith the Lord God of hosts, is really important. It, um, it, it becomes pretty, um, the reason that they've added on words, you know, doesn't, didn't say God says this, they kept on adding more and more words because um, the, people were just kind of losing the context or losing uh, the understanding of God, they're just cheapening the words. So that that phrase right there becomes very important. Anyway, so um, I split this up so it's easier to see. This is uh, this is during the um, First Kings, Second Kings, First Chronicles, Second Chronicles. These chapters right here, and uh, the uh, phrases come up more here also that are common and also some metaphors so let me just go through these a little bit there's this um, this concept of a highway um, from Assyria that'll bring um, people back and um, just like they came from Egypt they'll just come you know from all the way over from Assyria back to the, the promised land. And um, let's see, uh, this is uh, Isaiah 12. This almost sounds like a psalm, but um, this, there's, a, there's a number of songs in Isaiah, and this, this is just one of them. And, and um, um, that's all I got to say about that. All right. Um, also, Babylon is 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 a threat to Babylon. Is going to conquer Assyria and then conquer and and this is this is a prophecy about um, becoming. Well, the whole earth is at rest and quiet. It's talking about Babylon's finally been destroyed, and um, it talks about the cedars of Lebanon and stuff like that. Uh, this this is another another one of the um, um, highways. In this in this one is talking about Israel, Egypt, and Assyria becoming like a a triad. And um, this is a phenomenal prophecy right here. Blessed be my people, Egypt, my people, and Assyria, the work of my hands. That's hard to imagine even now. Um, but um, this this is. Um, This is uh, something I suppose that we can we're going to be able to see in some sense. Okay, the prophetic themes you can see with the um, contemporary uh, prophets here. Um, some things like uh, you can see up there. Some concepts are the same. 
and I'll just go through those a little bit. Um, this concept right here where you're, um, if, you, if you don't fall into the pit, you're gonna, um, um, you're gonna climb out of the pit and, and get caught in a snare. What it means is you're, you're so, you're at your wit's end, you're, there's so much terror that you're, that you're um, not able to uh, keep yourself from becoming trapped by something. And this is a like this is a common common uh, theme in prophetic literature. Uh, this is Isaiah. Uh, this is twenty eight, which corresponds to um, another prophet, and. Um, There's a lot of uh, skepticism and uh, this is warning about, you know, not to become, become part of that. Um, this, uh, your face growing pale, this is another um, common um, phrase and this has to do with, uh, in here, right here, it has to do with being ashamed. And uh, it's part of the, anyway, part of the siege of Jerusalem. Uh, I am like. Okay, this is really, this is really interesting. And um, a lot of these, uh, a lot of the, the, uh, Prophecies of Isaiah are talking about the the attitude and the spirit of the people. Um, like for instance, in, in, in Isaiah 30, um, they're saying, "Speak to us and speak to us smooth things. Prophesy illusions." It's kind of like saying, "Tell us nice things. Tell us lies." And that's that's pretty much where we we've been as a people. Um, for a long time, um, and I, I don't know if we're still like that. I think it's more like everything's a lie now, and so just react like everything's a lie. But uh, uh, so it, it's kind of it, this is kind of sarcastic. They're saying, "Speak to us in smooth things, prophesy illusions, leave the way, turn aside from the path. Let us hear no more about the Holy One of Israel." Therefore, thus says the Holy One of Israel. Because you've despised his word and trust in oppression and perverseness and rely on them. And that's kind of where we're at now. We're relying on perverseness. Our politics is all about fake news and all that stuff. Uh, anyway, uh, God gives a... Uh, God's not just uh, pointing out all these bad things. He's actually pointing to the right thing for us to do, and that's in returning and rest you shall be saved, in quietness and in trust shall be your strength. So that, that's something that's kind of like the antidote to, to this, you know, this fake news lies cycle.
Very true. Yeah, I really, I really like this uh, section of scripture. Um, so uh, there's here's some later prophets um, that line up pretty well. And um, O Lord, our God, other lords besides you have ruled over us, but your name alone we bring to remembrance. Does anybody uh, understand? Do anybody understand what that means? Other lords besides you have ruled over us. Kings, is that what just, it just means political lords? I was thinking, I was thinking that's possible. I, um, I was going to put a flag in the background. Possible, yeah. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, he shall not come into this city or shoot an arrow there or come before it with a shield or cast up a siege mount against it. This is the uh, chapter where uh, the angel kills so many tens of thousands of troops right there while they're waiting to do their sieging. Um, in Isaiah 38, uh, Hezekiah uh, gets becomes sick and talks God into not 
killing them, which is you know pretty amazing. Um, and uh, go and say to Hezekiah, "Thus says the Lord, the God of David, your father." And that's important. See, this is the this is the line of David, and um, that's you know that's that's those are pretty comforting to hear that. Um, sorry. So. Yeah, they're, they're well connected. Um, so, I don't know why Hezekiah does this, but he shows Babylon, the envoys, everything he has in chapter 39. And um, this... This, this passage parallels the, uh, the, the other book. Um, and some of our own son, some of your own sons who will come from you, whom you will father. We're making the connection again, right? With um, the Patra line. Shall be taken away, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. So, anyway. Um, The best part, the, the theology of redemption. These are uh, these phrases are. Uh, There's so many to pick from that it wasn't too hard to find phrases, but uh, uh, that, that correspond to chapters. But these phrases, of course, are um, for the most part just quotes right out of the book. Is that cheating? I don't know. But uh, anyway, it's. Uh, First, the first one is, is a voice cries, in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. So um, that's, that's the one in, Ma that's the uh, scripture in Matthew that, um, that um, is quoted. This is the, this is the highway uh, metaphor again. There seems to be, um, there's, well, there's about three of them in there. Um, and uh, it's pretty important. This is from Isaiah 45. Um, For I am the Lord, and there is no other. In this chapter, God is getting really... Um, I can't think of a word that... really uh, assertive. Let's just put it that very assertive. He's saying, you've never heard this before. I'm going to tell you something you never heard before. I'm going to tell you some amazing things. You know, this is what's going to happen. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall swear allegiance to me. And 
in the historical context, um, you know, this might have been a cause for skeptic, for scorners to scorn, but you can see that clearly thousands of years later that we're heading in that direction. Um, anyway, so that, that's really, this, this whole chapter is very, very assertive. Just put it that way. So God is the creative source of all of these uh, changes in, um, in the flow of history. Just solid right turn. And um, anyway, I, I spent a lot of time arguing with atheists, and one of their um, big points is that for everything you say in some context, there's a source, some, some historical source, and it just evolved from that, just gradually. But we can, if you read, if you read the Book of Isaiah, especially this chapter, there's a lot of just sudden miracle, uh, sudden right turn. This is going to happen. You can't. You couldn't predict this by studying the sources and how they possibly could gradually change. And anyway, um, Isaiah 40, uh, 48, draw near to me. That's that's actually the phrase. But um, here he's going on here. From the beginning, I have not spoken in secret. From the time it came to be, I have been there. And. Um, this is slightly different than saying I'm bringing out a new thing. What he's saying here is, I'm, um, you know, I, I'm not making this up. Uh, you can see this from way back. This is what I, this is what I plan to do. Um, another, another accusation is, uh, it's a lot of it is just made up, on the spot. And. Um, Anyway, this that that this is going against that. much better put than I did. Thank you.
All right, Isaiah 58. Um, trying to find the phrase here. Uh, yeah, just, just draw near to God, of course, because it's over there. I can find it. Um, this, this concept is, is um, drawing near to God is pretty uh, foundational. Um, this, script, this chapter is talking about, well, um, what Israel was doing was I guess you call it just like I wouldn't call it pretending, but I mean it, it became a it became a status symbol around this time to go through all these uh, you know fasting and all these other uh, behaviors, but their hearts were not really there, and God here is teaching them how to you know how to get o- how to get over that. It's it's not easy, you know if you're just if you're just doing things for a show and you're super religious, what hope is there for you? That's really tough. That's a tough uh, thing to come out of. But this whole chapter actually is God is so confident, so powerful. He's got such a plan. He said, you know, you're going to do this. You're going to come out of it in this way. You're going to become true worshipers of me. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I've thought about that often. Um, we we have such great communications technology. Maybe that something to do with it. But anyway, that's for another. Uh, that's for another thing. Emotions, yeah.
So um, what's a good definition of humility? Because, uh, well, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to be humble, but it's like, and humble. That's that's me too. You know, that's what that's what that's what that's what ends up being. I'm this this this, and humble. You know. Anyway, go ahead. Okay, um, 66, I can't tell what time it is because of the glare, but um, this, is the, uh, this is the chapter that matches up with the book of Revelation, and it talks about the new heavens and the new earth, and uh, that's, anyway, that's pretty interesting. That actually is where Revelation probably gets the concept. Um, I, I don't know. I guess that's that's not quite exactly the way to put it. But anyway, they're, they parallel. Let's just let's just leave it at that. For as the new heavens and the new earth that I shall make remain before me, says the Lord, so shall your offspring and your name remain. So, th does that mean that uh, the offspring? That, that Jews will be in the new heaven and the new earth and uh, their name at least yeah I think so anyway I think that's, uh, that's what that's talking about any uh, comments about that Right, yeah, it's not surprised. There you go. There's some connection there. What is it? I don't know. Yeah, we get a good glimpse of it, which is what that painting in the background is basically based on Revelation. Um, so, uh, uh, I got seven minutes. Um, I kind of went over the other tangent a little bit, and that's um, in our present day, we have a lot of, because of like social media, we have a lot of moral panics, we have a lot of uh, persecution of people, you know, outrange Olympics. And interestingly, interestingly, you can see this all happening in Isaiah and in various places. But uh, that's not what this uh, high school was about, so I didn't, I didn't go there. Sorry. Um, I have some pretty pictures. I suppose I could show you those, but um, this isn't a very good one. Um, this, this, all, this, all this prophesying happened in the midst of four horrible battles by four different kings. It's just, um, it's just, it's, it was, it's, I think that's what it really takes to bring out 
your trust in God is some kind of catastrophe. And these were just uh, existential threats, you know, these are really bad. Um, they basically um, got um, their sister kingdom deported right before their eyes. They, uh, they got exiled themselves eventually. Um, pretty, it's, it's pretty bad. I, I, um, I, I have, this is the timeline that I, that, that I found that makes a pretty picture anyway. Um, so Isaiah is in, uh, you know, around 700. That's when he's, he's prophesying. Uh, not, but that's, that, that's the context where he sits. Here's another thing I found. That's a little easier to understand what's going on. That chapter's, well, they've got a little bit off, but anyway. Um, another pretty one. Anyway, I'm going I'm to stop this because I'm just going to embarrass myself if I keep on showing you these pretty pictures. The Excel yeah. spreadsheet thingy. Oh, how to defend that? Man, you put me on the spot. Um, normally, I, I don't do much tactical stuff. I can see what usually I do is I can see their points, and I try to go deeper, a deeper layer into their psyche or into what what it means. And um, so you're trying to defend yourself against somebody that says there's three Isaiahs, for instance. Yeah. Uh, Personally, I, I just don't worry about it. It's, it's, a, it's, it's just the, their way of seeing it, their understanding of it. It's kind of like taking a human body and saying, well, you know, there's different body parts or whatever. And it's like, okay, fine, different body parts. I'll take it. Yeah. And there are, uh, therefore, they're separate things and you don't really exist or, you know, is that what they're trying to imply? No, that, just, that doesn't make any sense. Um, 
I, I, Isaiah is a, it's living, it's a living, it's a living, he's a living person and it's a living, uh, eternal witness of God. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to go away. These, these critics are going to come and go, but this Isaiah is going to stick around. You know, I, I don't really have a good, I don't have a good argument for it because it really doesn't particularly bother me. But you probably, Rob does, he's pretty tactical. That makes sense. That's a good art. That's that's a good way to look at it. Yes. It's, it's like there's a there's an agenda or whatever an overarching agenda. I hate the way we use the word agenda because it sounds political, but yeah, he, there's there's a, um, a theme, a goal. He, it's a it, he he's he's the um, he's the the uh, the ju judge and the prosecuting attorney, but he's also the doctor. Um, he's also he he has the whole plan. I mean, he ta he t he's going to take you here, but he's going to take you all the way up here, too. So, uh, anyway, I don't have the words to say that. Sorry. What? I appreciate the thoroughness that you have gone through Isaiah. And the thing that amazes me is, uh -huh. even though, you know, the theology and everything there is conflicting and so forth, you can think a single verse from Isaiah. Yeah, I, I, I definitely, that's actually part of the reason Isaiah is my favorite book is because it just, there are just so many quotable things in there. Every, like, like that little thing that I pointed out with, uh, you know, the uh, prophesy to, you know, be smooth with us, prophesy to us deception or whatever. That's just, I don't know, that's just amazing. Sure, I am. Uh, appreciate that.
Okay. Lord, I just ask that you would um, take your word and uh, apply it to our hearts and help us see that uh, you have in the initiative that is going to consume the whole world. The whole world is going to be involved in your redemptive plans and your judgments. And um, to, that we, we're part of that and we will... Um, we will be part of the new Jerusalem and the new heavens and the new earth. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Sure, thank you. I will shut down now. Well, um, I... I work with them, and uh, mostly on social media, obviously. But uh, anyway, that's funny. I mean, you don't run into them very much, huh? I'm surrounded by them constantly, constantly surrounded by them. So, and they're arguing. So, uh, I uh, experience this. I forget. I forget that other people don't experience it as much as I do. But there you go. Actually, a better analogy than the kidneys and all that is biochemical chains. Did you know, like, it, like no, no, not the interdependency, but the, the contradictions. Like, you'll, inside your cells, there'll be a protein that gets snipped into two pieces and then gets put back together for no reason. There's all <laughs> kinds of stuff like that. But we don't invalidate, you know, life because if you if you were like a biochemical scoffer. You would say, no, there's no such thing as life. It's just, it's just biochemistry. See what I mean? Look, it doesn't go anywhere. That's the, that's the same argument they're using. You know, they're they're denying they're denying these uh, trans transcendence. It's basically they're anti-transcendence. Transcendence. I can't remember. I'm not very good with philosophy, but that's that's the, the general idea I get. Thank you for all the work you put into leadership.